This is Akafe. Laura Marie and Jessica Marie proudly present A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, a podcast. Fair warning, everything the hosts say is explicit, full of spoilers and adult content and shall not be used against them. They have opinions. Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. This episode contains mentions of Aladdin and House of the Dragon. There are also descriptions in this book that we feel are problematic towards marginalized communities. And welcome to A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the YA literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie. And I'm Jessica Marie. And today we are discussing Queen Among the Dead by Leslie Livingston. And to start off this episode, um, we just wanted to share that we were actually pitched this book from the publisher, Zando, and the way it was kind of positioned to us was that they had this amazing historical fantasy that they had coming out, knowing Laura's background with historical fiction and her love for that, and just like the things that we cover on the podcast, which is normally fantasy. Um, And then it was uh, twisted with like Celtic mythology. We thought that like both the publisher and us thought this was a great opportunity for us to kind of explore this new um this new release book that a lot of there was a lot of conversations around that the author was already established had a couple series under the belt and um yeah that's kind of how 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 this discussion came to be that being said that being said there are some aspects and themes of this book that we Jessica Marie and I were uncomfortable with that we thought it was weird we thought that it was glaring and very obvious uh the issues that are in this book and we haven't really seen them addressed anywhere we did look a little bit so we are going to point out where we had these problems As we come across them in the book, this isn't going to be like a little sandwich situation where we kind of, uh, you know, do, do a review like that. We are going to, uh, hit them as they come because it is pretty, pretty obvious and it is a huge part of the story. Yeah. I I feel like you could already tell. Um, by having this conversation kind of where we're going, we, and we'll go from there. So pre-sorry if this is an as like shout it from the rooftops we love this so much but the conversations like laura said um they're they're gonna they're gonna come across as we're discussing the stories so um i think we can kick it off by saying some of our main characters we have neve who is the female mc she is also the princess and her sister is una and let's know that neve is the little sister una is her older sister her older sister una has a handmaiden Emer is going to take over the throne, basically. She is going to be the queen of their land. And so in that arranged marriage situation, Emer is now going to be the handmaiden to Neve. We also have Lorcan, who is her sister's love interest and also kind of helped Neve how to fight. She also, Laura, will kick it off right after we're done that she kind of 
knocks out his molar. Um, you have Ronan, who is the male MC. Cleona, who kind of leads the wolf pack that we learn later in the book. Sakir, who is an advisor of sorts to Neve and is completely friend-zoned by her. Um, he's head over heels for her. There's Gofanon, who is the advisor to her dad, the Dagda. The Dagdad, um, who's the king, the Dagda, I'm sorry, her dad, then her mom, who is kind of had to leave, uh, ostracized in a way. And again, we'll get into that. And then, and then you have various groups like shifters who are the, who are also known as the Fomori. And then we'll touch on a bunch of places, um, that we refer to. Um, that being said, there's a lot of Celtic words that we're unfamiliar with. So we'll just kind of dance around that and really just explain to kind of the English translation of what we were given in these situations. I think it is important before we really, really kick this off to say that if you're going to read this book, audio is helpful also, having it in front of you is helpful. I don't know what to say to you on this. Um, like, I know that I personally needed a very detailed map, which I did not have. So there's that. Looking at the words and then uh, listening to them was also incredibly helpful. That that let me kind of um, put pieces together in my head about what was going on, because I did spend, Jess, I know you did too, a lot of time stuck on these words, trying to like really make sure that they were clear in my head because they're repeated over and over and over again and are such a part of the story. And that being said, we we bought our own audiobooks. Those weren't gifted to us. Like the publisher was very generous in giving the physical copy to us. But knowing if you follow the podcast, you know that we typically like listening to the audio version um, to help us with pronunciations, especially if we're not familiar with different languages or dialects or pronunciations of words. So that was we that we're not we just want to put that disclaimer out there as well. Yes. And this is this is Irish. Irish folklore. So, you know, in theory, I personally am familiar with some of some of this stuff. Uh, Jess, I think you are too, just from like general kind of mythology situations, but it is not our forte. Would that be accurate? Yeah, I feel like we're a little, I, you know, I think there's always the running joke of like, oh, what was the historical moment in time, things, you know, in history that you really kind of had a hyper fixation to growing up. And some people gravitated towards like a, a Titanic or Anastasia or Greek mythology. I was all three hyper fixation 101. Um, but I never really fixated on Celtic mythology and just like Irish folklore. So I'm not familiar with it, probably less than like the average person. Okay. What about you? I am on record. Uh, <laughs> language is hard for me. It's always been very hard for me. So uh, it makes sense that I was really stuck on this language. I needed a pronunciation guide. I needed a glossary, a detailed glossary. I needed... um you know, detailed definitions. I didn't have any of that material. So, you know, it is what it is. What I did have and what I do have are notes. And my <laughs> notes say uh, cold open with a tooth and world building. <laughs> the world building, the world building. 
I love a rebellious sister with a, you know, stern kind of going to take the crown responsibility, older sister trope. Very fun. I like, you know, she's fighting with somebody. That That's a trope. I like that trope. I'm a sucker for that trope. Um, the world dumping that happens, though, is, is, just a, is just a lot. And because of the lack of glossary pronunciation guide situation here, uh, my notes are all over the place, but I think it's fair to say that Okay. Neve is the is the princess of of what? Of air is the land, right? Yeah. And then the city is Tamar City. And the Dagda, which is the king, is Ruid Rofessa. He's the king. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just easier to refer to him as the Dagda. The, yeah, the Dagda. The Dagda. And it is it is through it is through Neve's interaction with Lorcan and then her father that we get this background of well uh, Neve's mom isn't there anymore for reasons uh, you know the tooth is important because she uh, heard it was loose and was going to give it to the wolf god because she is beloved from the wolf god from the night of her birth. You know, what is that? We don't know anything about that. And then we get her father's like kind of an ass and he's kind of, um, you know, absent with the wizard all of the time. And then he, the father, when he is like lecturing her, compares her to uh, the the shape-shifting women. Who are those? Or those are not the Fomori. Those are the... The foul... Fuela. The Fuela. Excellent. The Fuela. <laughs> okay, we're getting there. Thanks for joining us, folks. It's it's difficult. We're going to try our very best. The Fuela, like, like them. We get our information about the Fuela. And Dave's like, oh, you're comparing me to the Fuela. Like, that's really cool. And her dad is like, psych. No, it is not really cool. You do not want to be compared to those women. And we're like, what is all of this? And we get all of this world building. Uh Neve and her people are called the Tuathidae. They are conquerors in this land. And and it, the the natives are the Fearbolig. And it is just a really wild situation that we are building right away. Really wild. All this to say that Neve and her sister have like a really nice relationship. They, I really like their sisterhood relationship. Uh, Lorcan, though, Lorcan, uh, whose tooth Neve stole, who um, her sister eventually almost marries, is the one that gives us the lore about like, oh, Neve, you are too ugly. Uh, your mom threw you into the river, like, screw you, fuck you. And that is how Neve ends up riding away into the 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 burrow into the graveyard uh where she is crying where she calls the banshee where we meet roland all of this is a, is in our cold open and roland is uh like a scavenger he's there stealing spells cuz again magic world building this this whole situation when i was reading it for the first time i was like huh i wasn't expecting any of this 
I kind of like this magic situation. What is going on? We have like big magic happening between these children. Very fun, very interesting. I like this. We have uh, these like mythical creatures. Very fun. Uh, they will meet later is my exact thought when this chapter ended. Oh, yeah. You don't bring up that you don't bring up all these characters for it to be like, okay, and goodbye. No, absolutely. So then when it cuts to seven years later, it's like, haha. Well, okay. So then where would you put their ages at then? I think I saw in some of our research that they were ultimately where we're at in like present day is 17, Neva's 17 and Ronan is 20. Yeah, that's, that's where about I had it too with Roland at uh, 13 when they are attacked by the Banshee. So that attack by the Banshee, uh, Roland uses his magic to save Neve, he calls a uh like a big what is it like a big water like a water demon. demon i forget yeah. what they call it though it's yeah like, a water they, hate they were, demon yeah. uh to save to save them and you know saves them and it does uh, but it is in that moment that he his blood gets onto the like cursed magic stone situation and he his magic is like awakened in him so that's what we, the reader, know. But seven years later, seven years later, is this where they have like the Aladdin meet cute where Jasmine's in yes, the market? And- exactly. <laughs> so- exactly. We love a princess in disguise, right? Like, yeah. she, and she's thirsty and she's Robin the robber. Like, very fun. Very interesting. And then when she needed to pay, she was like, I didn't think this through. I'm a princess. I don't have any money on me. <laughs> And something that I do like that happens in this story, though, is that the the characters talk to each other and talk to other people, which is fun because Roland does not hesitate. He sees he sees her and he's like, I know you. He does not miss a beat. He's like looking at her. He's like, "Mm, no, I know you. I know you. Here's your here's your name. Here's your number. Here's your birthday. Here's your star sign. Here's everything. And uh, she Neve is like. Well, what, what, what the hell? Whoa, mm. but she also recognizes him too. She recognized him, but she tried to do the reverse Aladdin part. We're like, oh, like that must have been somebody else. You don't know me. And he goes, and then he pinpoints exactly how he knew her. She's like, oh crap, I've been made. It's like, well, damn. Uh, and then there's like a bar situation where they go have a drink, and then and then the guards come, and Neve's <laughs> like, are they here for me? Are they here for him? And there's a mad dash through the market with the 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 spell hell dogs like chasing after them with the guards and stuff. Very fun. You you're just like they're going, and then uh, a mad leap. Right into the water, like a mad escape. And then the guards open the door and there's nobody there. Like all, all very fun so far. All very fun. Uh, and then we get a little inklings of what Rowan is right away as soon as they get into the river and a little bit more lore from Neve about the wolf. So now she's covered in mud. She's late for, like, not a coronation, but, like, a royal gathering with her dad and her sister. And she sees her sister. I think this is the part where she's her sister's, like, 
you're late. And she's like, did dad notice? And she's like picking stuff out of her hair. Like you're his youngest daughter. Of course he noticed. Of course he noticed. Me? And then like, she's trying to be super discreet about it. Like, Hey, like super sorry. She's like, don't, you're not sorry. Don't even apologize. Don't even say it. Her dad comes down on both of them. Like shame on you. You know better. You here you are. You're trying to be something that you're not. You're one of my daughters. He gets, he kind of and Una, her older sister, kind of gets the backlash of it to say, you know what? I'm done. I'm done controlling you girls. You're going to get married. You need to find a husband and you're going to be queen consort. We got to get you girls in line. And her little sister or her, I'm sorry, Neve's older sister, Una, is like, fine, but here's my stipulation. I get to call the shots. I get to do who I want, but you are my king and I will do whatever you say. I will be the obedient older daughter. My only thing is I get to, I get to pick who my betrothed is going to be. So the dad's like, fine, whatever. You find out at this point that she's going to pick Lorcan and her sister's like shit talking Lorcan. Oh my God, it's all my fault. Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I'm so sorry. She's like, no, you're not. You're not sorry. And I actually love the guy. And then that's when her sister was like, oh, my bad. Like, I really, he's actually okay. She's like, stop. That's not the case, but it's fine. I'm actually kind of grateful that you kind of fucked up because if you didn't, I would not have had this upper hand to choose who I wanted to marry. So that is kind of where we're at there. I will, I will circle back to, I will circle back to what is, uh, what Ronan is doing. So after the mad dash into the, into the water, uh, Ronan is saved by Swift, who's a man in the, in a boat. And that man, we come to find out is the same fisherman that saved Neve when she was a child and was sacrificed to the wolf goddess. That is the twist there, but his boat has yellow eyes on it. And that is a theme kind of throughout here. Um, but, 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 Ronan also goes to the the stone ceremony and he is also witnessing it too. So we have these two perspectives here. We have Neves, who is just like the princess being like, I'm late, everything like Jess said. But then we have Ronan and he sees that everything the magic is actually happening. There are pulleys there. There are like intricate systems to like getting the stones down and everything. But it is actually magic that is doing it. He can see it and he can see it coming like from people's like breath and stuff. And it is there that he notices that Neves is like very powerful, like more powerful than other people's, which is interesting. And then uh, he sees that it's all actually the real magic and that it the burrow is hoarding magic and that it is almost done. So it is those two perspectives that kind of um, cements the fact that the borough, I, I'm going to call it the great borough because I cannot pronounce the actual word of it, the name of it, but it's a very <laughs> creepy like place that is not natural, like not, not cool. And it has taken over um, the dog does like entire life. So uncool, uncool, uncool. So I do want to point out that Ymir is revealed to be Sparrow at the end of this book and it is um, very early on that she is described as bird-like uh, several times throughout the, the story. Uh, and I just thought that was very, very fun. And she also has an uncanny ability to sniff out magic. So later when the hounds are tearing through the palace looking for magic, it is um, Ymir that they are looking for and not anything else which was a very fun thing that i caught 
It's also, I think, important to note at this point that we know that, like, magic is kind of obsolete in this land right now. Like, we know that magic exists, but then since uh, Neve and Una's dad kind of came into his role, magic isn't there. Um, we eventually learn that Emer's family came from magical backgrounds and and again we find out in the sense that all the way at the end of the book with a huge reveal um that Emer's playing long game and Sparrow is you know she's she's kind of getting all the sides from it she's working with Ronan from Sparrow she's doing the Emer thing as the servant and she's traded more or less between the sisters like we mentioned earlier um and it's in this transition that uh, that Neve is kind of asking herself, like, this is so weird. Like, I know that Emer's my sister's servant, but like, she's so close to everybody. Like, why would anybody need to help me? And now a lot of this passing of things is because her sister agreed to be married and betrothed and go into a wedding. So Neve is really trying to learn about her background and the background of the, her land of Tamer and the land of air and understand like what's best for the people. What kind of, um, you know, th- there's, uh, groups that are kind of like, like people of like indigenous people of the land. And then there were people who came over, um, and claimed the shores kind of like from the water too. So she, she's just trying to understand from a politics side, I think more or less of, well, how can we be fair and equal to everybody? And she's upset. She's like, why did my sister not think about giving her email, her freedom? Like I'm thinking about it. Why didn't she think about it? And I'm not close with her. Yeah. Yeah. She's not my friend. Like, why didn't she think about this? That's kind of fucked up. And it's like, yeah, yeah, it is kind of fucked up. But that, you know, that just goes to kind of, uh, that is used to separate the sisters, you know, you know, into what their priorities, responsibilities and awareness are. Yeah. And, and, and I think it also contributes to, to how they see each other clearly because, um, Neve doesn't have a mother figure in her life. The queen has left at this point. So her sister, Una, has essentially raised her, has been the maternal figure in her life. And she's put Una on this pedestal and of this person of like, my sister would never, you know, this is weird that she didn't do it. But like, these, this is the type of person that I believe my sister to be. And it's kind of solidified in a way when, uh, Neve meets her mother later in the story where her mother says, like, look, you know, it might have, you know, the situation, here's what the situation was. However, I'm so glad and also a lot of responsibility on the eldest, let me tell you, um, that she was the one who was your caretaker. All of yes. that to bring us to uh, the night before the wedding, essentially. And... And Neve is looking out like, oh, wow, the sky is so beautiful. Look at how sparkly the pond is. It's as sparkly as the sky and the stars. She looks up. There's no stars in the sky. Looks back down. And it happens to be her sister who drowned, allegedly drowned in the water in all her twinkly beaded embroidered wedding gown. Oh, 
That's right, because she saves Lorcan and he falls yes. off the like she is she's like uh you know, they're they're going off her and Sakir and she's all in disguise because that she was told not to do anything and not to go out and she's like it says I have to. And then Lor she sees Lorcan, all this happened before her sister died. And Lorcan's getting attacked. She saves Lorcan's ass, but also has to haul out of there because he's looking around wondering who saved him. And this battle is between the Fear Domin, which is like a splinter sect of the Fear Bolig, which are the people that have inhabited the land after the shapeshifters that start with an F that aren't the women wolves were driven out by the conquerors. So this is a battle between the Fear Domin and the salvagers who have uh, banded together and they have green designs painted on their body in defiance to the uh to to adith because they have outlawed painting um uh painting designs on your bodies because they steal the designs and tattoo them on themselves very messed up shit that is that is very messed up let's talk uh, about but- appropriation but yeah, yeah. Um, but you're right. Uh, Neve sa- saves Lorcan with her magical, her magical arrow, um, because she has, um, a sigil in her hand. She's experiencing all of this magic. She doesn't know what to do. She can kind of like do things sometimes, but not all the time. She doesn't know how to activate it. Very standard, like, you know, hero YA magic stuff, but also <laughs> very fun to read it. It's always very fun to read it. Uh, I want to say here, that Neve starts hearing voices. She does start hearing voices at this point. In the book, they are italicized. Uh, the narrator is the same narrator as We Hunt the Flame, and um, she does a different voice for them as well. Very good. It's all very good. And again, the, the characters do talk to each other, and I do like that she does address this later on in the book, the hearing the voices. Yeah, I was going to say, like, we know that the voices are kind of, I mean, aside from it being the whole magic thing, it's kind of like the Skarhar is taking over. It's kind of like, I don't want to say taking over, but kind of, would you say manipulating? Coercing? Or just like literally getting into her head? Because at one point... Neve really just says, like, stop it. And then she calls Sakir in because she knows she wouldn't have those thoughts against Sakir. We don't realize that it's her at this point. I would say it's manipulating. Um, I I would also say it would be like planting the seeds of doubt a little bit. Yeah. I think that's the, yeah. a, a good way to say it. Yeah. Because, cause but- it, because it almost feels like a sub, like when you have your own internal thoughts, it's almost like, is this a voice or is this me? Like, where is this co- Like, am I in my own head? Exactly. And at this point, we don't know. So we're going to talk about what that is when we get there. And boy, boy, will we ever. But uh, <laughs> at this point, we don't know what that is. It's like, hmm, well, that's interesting. Uh, Ronan also shows up here. He shows up because he sees a, a black wolf with golden eyes and a sparrow in its mouth. And he's like, mm, that's weird. And uh, Swift, here's our riverboat captain again. Uh, he takes him to where he thinks the um, salvagers will be and he um, wrote in like tackles tackles sparrow mm-hmm, sparrow and uh, the the battle is basically over at that point once he does that because um, the warriors 
were kind of going berserker with the the magic symbols on them with the magic that had been kind of stored up. So that was that whole situation. Okay. I am going to say right now that I did not call that Emer was Sparrow. And I was sus here in this part when uh, Emer is like, yeah, Neve, I will go and I'll get you food. I'll be just a minute. I will be right back. And then Neve like falls asleep and wakes up and the food still isn't there. I was like, where is she? What happened? And then we go through. This is where Neve finds uh, Una's drowned body. Uh, Emer is one of the first people to pull her like back off of the body. It's like, mm, what were you doing? Of course, we know what she was doing, but it, it is so sus the first time I read it. How how did you feel about this whole situation? I never thought that she drowned when she said her lips were blue and she's like, oh my gosh, she drowned. I was in my head I, I, when she, cause she said she was blue first to go poison. She was poisoned somehow. Um, and then when she said she's drowned, I was like, I don't believe it. I don't believe it for a second. I, and it's very much like, you know, in Legally Blonde, where the stepdaughter shoots her dad and kills him. And she was the one at the pool. She was one who was there, got there the whole time. She was there first. It, you know, here we are with Emer. Like, how, and on top of it, you were supposed to be giving me food and you never got me food. How just the, just the timeliness of all of it, you know, there was not one second that I thought her sister drowned intentionally, especially because she not she was. Yes, she was forced into marriage, but she wanted to marry who she chose to marry. Yes. And you even find out later, Lorcan was like, I didn't care about it. Yeah, I would have had king and title, but we all know your sister would have ran like would have ran it because I don't even want it. I just wanted to be with her. We are we are up to we are up to the wolf mask. The finding of the wolf mask. Uh, the wolf mask, of course, is, I guess, the representation of the, the conquerors, right? That's her mask. Yeah. Um, the Skaha. We haven't really addressed the Skaha. We will. We're going to talk about it right now. <sighs> okay. So Neve is obviously upset about her sister. She goes to the Great Burrow to talk to the dead and try to beg her sister back. That's just like, because that's what it is. It's a portal to the underworld, the beyond realms, I think is specifically what it is. And while she's there, it's very creepy. It's very dark. She gets into the middle of it. It's a labyrinth. That's, you know, that's our wizard. Uh, She sees glowing light. She like digs around. She pulls out. It's a mask. Okay. Okay. She puts the mask on. After all of this, she goes to the spring, whatever. She washes the mask off. She sees what it is. She puts the mask on. My note. Unending hunger. Unending hunger for everything. After this, she basically attacks Ronan and kisses his face off very aggressively. And he knows it. And he knows uh, the word there is avarice. Um, okay. 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 Based on context clues, we can infer that the Skaha was the conquering queen from another land that had desert sun, desert sand, reed flutes, lilies with rivers. These are our descriptions. Okay. 
Okay. She was so ruthless, this queen, that she was eventually exiled and she took her loyal followers and her horse lords, okay, with her in a hundred boats across the, the, the land and came to this magical isle and conquered it and then set, set her and her people up as the rulers of this land through various atrocities. Okay. Okay. Uh, and then she's so bad again, history repeats itself that the men that she brought with her push her out again and curse her. Okay. So then this is her mask now that Neve finds in the burrow that she puts on where she is, um, you know, taken aback by this feeling of unending hunger for all things. Okay. I have so many problems with this. How do we feel about this, Jess? Well, I mean, aside, where, where do we start? Because I was going to, I was about to start backwards and say the men, she, this conqueror is the reason that they still don't want women in power because women are emotional. Women are this. Women are, that's why we can't have females in power. We, they can't, they don't feel comfortable. They, they feel uncomfortable. They, um, it, it's still, it's too soon. To them, it's too soon. It's still at the forefront of everybody's memory. Now we have a conqueror. Now we have a woman who is depicted as angry, is power hungry, and people don't like that. And then she, now she comes across angry when you're not listening to her in a position of power. We are assuming, probably correctly, uh, that these conquering people that came from another land are of color. I think that would be correct in assuming. And that the conquering people would... This is Irish folklore, so let's just say that. Uh, wildly uncomfortable. Deeply weird. Why? I think, I think why? I think why is a, is a, is a, is a nice way to, st- to start there. Um, I, okay. Taking all of it away. Uh, why an angry queen? Why an angry queen possessing, wanting to like, well, at this point we don't know, but like an angry queen infiltrating the thoughts of another woman who has potentially great power. Why do we need that? Uh, why can't we just all, you know, women support women? Why? Uh, all of that to say that this is a huge part of the story from here on out. This, this influence from this queen who was so evil and bad and ruthless and power hungry that she committed war crimes multiple times and was pushed out by her people twice. Now is infiltrating the thoughts of our teenage, teenage main character. Um, it just, it's a lot. And then to have the depiction of where she's from, again, assuming with the context that we're given, it doesn't, help the conversation when you have an have 
an angry woman and she's ruthless and she, ha- you know, it, it's just, it doesn't bode well. And it makes us, and that's why we're like, it's hard for us to convey. Like, we're uncomfortable. We are two white girls here having a podcast. This isn't our place. We haven't seen this conversation had. That being said, maybe it is being had in certain spaces that we're not a part of. Which is, you know, a thousand percent fine, of course. If we are picking up on it. Exactly. If we if we are picking up on it, it must be glaring to other people. Right? I mean, I, I would have to assume so. And even though this information was not provided to us, again, in the pitch, it's, you know, this, that, the other thing, we did find in our research, and we'll put it in our show notes, that somebody interviewed the author, and the author said, yeah, it's mostly based on ancient Irish mythology, but oddly enough, ancient Egyptian legend is also folded in. Here and Here we are. That isn't said literally anywhere. It's not in the back of the book. Not in the marketing material. Nope. So, like, we just found that preparing for this episode. Like, what? Are we the only ones? And we have to assume we're not. We we just might not have gotten to that part of the conversations others might be having in other areas. So, again, damn. Just damn. Because it's a huge point. In the in for the rest of the story, and it just gets uh, worse. It just gets worse. Let's talk about it. <laughs> let's let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Uh, okay, moving on from this, but also not because it's throughout the rest of the book. Um, okay, I did not think that um, our our boy here, Ronan, killed uh, the sister. Did you? No, no, no he didn't. But Never. I. But at even. That being said, you know, he's trying to figure out who he is. He knows he's not really 100% human. He understands that he might be, you know, he refers to himself as a monster, you know, and Lord of the Mist. You ha- He has different references that he has to himself. That being said, his honesty through all of it, when Neve asks him, when his friend Caval asks him, other people ask him, did you do it? Do you? He goes, honestly, maybe I did. I don't remember. I blacked out. The only, and then, you know, those conversations, you know, he's like, maybe it could have been me. Maybe I, you know, I had a rogue conversation and was really emotionally upset. And I lashed out on something that can hurt Neve or something, you know, he doesn't know, but he's not denying it. He's just like, I, I don't know. And I can tell you if I did, like, I'm so sorry because I clearly wasn't in a state of awareness. All I know is that I blacked out and I woke up and I was wet. <laughs> and I was wet. And I so for a, from an optics point of view, I can't blame anybody. Yeah. She's like, it looks bad. I know it looks bad, but I don't think I did it. And Neve is also like very upset. She throws her axe at him. He goes into the water. There's a full Fae reveal. Very fun. Very fun. And then, uh, we get, we get kind of, um, this, this 
sentence that is perpetuated throughout the rest of the book. It's like an enchantment can be undone if you have like all of the components. And that is just repeated so that we get that at the end, which I thought was interesting. And something that I don't think I have encountered a lot in fantasy, like undoing enchantments by having all of the components. That's a fun little piece of like magic in here. There's a line on page 195 of the copy that I have. And let's see, I will read it to you. And it's about grief. And I do really like that. It goes, grief. Um, You get over it and you get on eventually. But first you grieve and there's no one to tell you which way is the right or wrong way. I think that's important. There are not a lot of depictions in grief, especially in YA. So that's really nice. Um, We're talking of about the Dagda grieving uh, the sister. Um, this this kind of like, don't go in and like bother your father. He's grieving, but also like you're the king now, BT Dubs. Like BT Dubs, it's you now. You need to be aware of this. She didn't even process that. Um, but I feel like up until this point too, there, there's so much foreshadowing. You knew, it, you know, it's the heir and the spare. You have the sister dynamic. It was all like, you're queen, you're queen, you're queen. Why can't you be more like your sister? You just want to like train. You want to be prepared. You want to be a warrior. Like you're not meant to rule. Of course, all of those, especially in a YA fantasy, all of those almost always lead up to the little sister, you know, the little sibling winds up being the one who's going to take over because there's a loss in some in some capacity always 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 and because there's a loss we have not a wedding but a funeral and this is where we finally meet Cormac which is Sakir's uncle and Cormac does like the the like deepest info dump where he I don't know it's just one of those people that's like hey hey I knew your mom I fucked the shit out of her I almost married her <laughs> so random i was like and they were and like all of a sudden everybody's really cool like we're just not gonna talk about it and even neve is like wait 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 hold up what what is happening and even her dad's like what the fuck are you doing here he's like i'm just here to let you know that you have our support yeah it's like what (laughs) sir Sir, what is going on? Um, and, he, and then uh, he also drops like, he's like, yeah, no, I totally like your dad's not supposed to be king. I totally lied about that shit. Like, and like your mom totally knows I lied about it, too. And, and she's like, excuse me? Oh, uh, uh, and I, the reader, am also like, what? Yeah, that was Sur- such a like, su- okay, surreal. Like, <laughs> what yeah, that tea? like how long? You've been sitting on that. My God. And I even like, it's not like maybe it's a little bit after this part where Sakir's like, wait, what's going on? He's like, your uncle is in love with my mother. (laughs) It's just Sakir's like, what? (laughs) I love that. Like, apparently, like the next gen didn't know, but all the adults did. Yeah, all the adults like knew everything. I don't know. I've got it first. I like Sakir. Sakir's like my favorite. I really like Sakir. I love that Sakir's in love with Neve and like she knows that I like that. I like I like that a lot. 
Okay, we are up to Una's funeral. Real magic, that that stone slots into place. So we get real magic kind of like blow out. We get uh, the, the wolves coming and pledging their loyalty like very dramatically. It was very fun. Very fun. After that, uh, Neve strikes a bargain with them and basically says like, okay, okay, okay. There are Dagdas and there are Dagdas and I'm a Dagda. So let's do this. I need an army and I want to like unbind you. You want to be unbound? Like, let's do this. I'll give you this asshole who probably maybe didn't, but maybe probably killed my sister. sister. I'll (laughs) give him. Yeah, I'll kill. I'll give him you. I'll give him to you. And you back me up. I, like, fine. I like plotting. All of this is good. Um, Very fun. I do like there are Dagdas and there are Dagdas. And she says it again. Like, also, like, there are wolves and there are wolves. And I love that. Like, she she's like, even though I'm kind of uncomfortable, I'm going to fake it till I make it with this baddie energy because there, there are these people and then there are me. <laughs> like, I do appreciate the false sense of confidence at 17 because... That would have been amazing. <laughs> oh, for sure. And then that confidence, though, carries her to confront the chiefs when she overhears them, like, talking shit. Love it. She's like, fuck you, fuck you. I'll take care of it. All of y'all suck. But then we have our wizard here. We have Gofanon. We have our we have our man waiting in her room to creepily propose to her. I'm sorry. Giving me Jafar vibes. He's giving me, yes. like... <laughs> I'm sorry for all the Aladdin references. I just went to the Broadway last week. Um, but it, it really is. And then he's like, tell you what, you have an arranged marriage with me. You be my queen consort. And here's the thing. She was going to, you know, proposition a different situation. And he took control of the whole thing. And she left. And he was like, so glad we had this talk. I knew you were the smart one. And she was really left. She left the conversation kind of sitting there dumbfounded, like, oh, I made a mistake. I was playing with the big dogs and I do not know how to play that big yet. Yeah, for real. For real. And I do appreciate it, too, because she's like, you know what? Fuck this. Let's go get mom. <laughs> <I know. laughs> mom, mom will fix mom. it. Or at least, but like she, and, and, and we, and we get to that part. And then, you know, even the mom was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I heard about your sister. I heard she was getting married. Da, 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 da. So let's get, let's get straight to it. And the, even though initially Neve wanted to be like, I want answers, blah, blah, blah. Then she was like, Oh, Mom's direct, direct. Okay. Okay. We're, we're not going to have this like sweet little reunion because shit's going down. And mom knows that too, because she hasn't seen her daughter since she was born. Takes her chariot, right? I love that she takes her chariot and she, she goes, she goes and she's off to see her mom at the great cliffs. She stops at a little hunting hut, but the druids are hunting her. And uh, a little boy tells her to go off to another track. And then he, she goes to a ferryman and the ferryman tells her, um, Macha told me to tell you which direction to go. And that's important. That's why they go north, right? Yeah, exactly. I have a question and this is just general fantasy. How come everybody always goes north? Like in Game of Thrones, there's always something with the north and then apparently with Priory and then also obviously the prequel. We're not going to get into it. We have the directions of the north. I was just that was my little comment. I was like, what the fuck is going on with the north? The the only thing that really that happens is that Neve catches up meets up with Sakir and Ronan, who are like, you know, 
they're like this. They're trying to meet each other, you know, to yeah. like meet up at, the, at mom's. And they get to mom's. And uh, the boys are able to get through the barrier, but Neve can't. And she's being attacked by like that big water snake situation, that big water serpent. And uh, my note says mask on. Mask on. Because uh, she puts the mask on and the, the arrows come up and she shoots the arrows and it's a whole like fucking out thing. And very cool. And I don't know, it's very cool. You know, it's a whole situation. Um, but she's got the mask on. But then uh, she does eventually take it off and she punches out Ronan. And then we have the mother. We have the mother reveal, the mother info dump, the mother, the mother, whoa, all of this. All of this is a, is a lot. All of this is a lot. She is very knowledgeable. She works with Lorcan. She's been prepping for war. She's got the spies. She's got the backstory. Page 290 in our copy. We only know what we assume is and what Neve assumes is how she was born. Basically, little Moses floating down the river. She was saw her mother gave her up, gave her as like a sacrifice. But this is where we find out. Her mom says, when you were born a girl, I knew the chiefs would never allow it. Women cannot rule the twelfth day. The memory of the Skahar's transgression is too ingrained in them. So, so instead of supporting any claim that I might have had to have, because her mother would have had claim to the throne, that I might have had claim to the throne, you, uh, Neve said quietly her mom's words, hard as stone. You threw me in a river that night I was born as an offering to a wolf god, like some tender piece of meat because I was a girl. And her mom says that's not how it happened at all. And it's actually wolf goddess. Do not be disrespectful. Um, And then her mother says, the opener of the ways, he who takes the form of golden desert wolf and was the patron of Queen Neath, the Skahar, yes, in Kemet, but you daughter are beloved by the she-wolf goddess matcha here in air a goddess neve murmured a fear balig goddess a famori goddess if you want to be precise and yes i did present you to her because she is one of the greatest powers in this realm i did it so she could claim you for her own and bestow her protection upon you i knew that you would need that and it was the only way i could give that to you now do you understand so this is where the internal dialogue of there are wolves and there are wolves. She goes, you are the daughter of two tribes, Neve. You are the bridge between the the two groups of people. If you continue on, we have on page 293, a description of the queen's ultimate like betrayal and how the Skaha queen, like the last like instance that made her people like turn against her. And it's where she filled the the 100 ships that she sailed over on uh full of like survivors i guess and then lit them wait let me look oh no as the winds caught their sails she ordered her archers stationed on the headland to set them alight with flaming arrows afterwards displeased at what she perceived as hesitation from some of the bowmen she ordered um, Elkmar's Scythian charioteers to drive the archers over the cliff's edge to their death. All of them. It was too much for Elkmar's soul to bear. And, um, that was the, that was like the final act from the Skaha Queen that we get all of this info from Neve's mom. Like, thanks, I guess. <laughs> but like, but this is the El- Elkmar, the brother. 
is also where we get the information at the end of the book where he was like, he loved her with all his soul, Skahar, with all his soul, but also because of that act that the Skahar did, hated her with all his heart is the line. Yeah, which is a good line. It's a good line. But yeah, we have all, all of that, all of that information. And it is then we, that we have a little bit more. So because, um, that act that the Skahar Queen did was so reprehensible. Um, Elkmar, her partner, took up as Dagda, and then it was through their daughter, Fia, that the the bloodline like stayed. So you had to marry the daughters in the line to become the king. Because of that act, queens were feared from that moment like on, I guess, in that land. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm like looking at my phone. Yeah, it's like a whole thing. So and and so like where did the Skaha Queen go? Well, um Elkmar, her partner, uh conspired with his brother, the court sorcerer, who's who's our court sorcerer. Yeah, that's our, the our part. G Man. Like how, wh- at what point were we like, wait, it's the same like Gofanon isn't just like a general sorcerer name. It's the same one. It's like the name from Zelda. It's driving me crazy every time I look at it. It's, it's just, it's, it's driving me nuts. I just keep thinking of Zelda every time I look at it. Um, but no, I didn't, like that whole reveal, that whole thing, like took me totally by surprise, especially the reveal with the painting. Well, that whole thing, we'll get to it later. But, uh, where is this Gaha? Well, the sorcerer brother, Big G, our man, uh, trapped her soul in the Lea Fall, which is the, the kingstone from, that they brought over from Kemet. That that sings sings the the righteousness, I guess, of the kings or whatever. But the stone disappeared when Neve was born because her father lied to become Dagda, and it started to crumble um, and to turn into like nothing. But it is the sandstone rock in the center of the Great Burrow. All of this, we this is all like this is the chapter of realizing things i guess you could say um because uh page 299 ronan realizes that he's in love with neve haha um <laughs> and that he had been since he was kids you know very cool very cool um very fun very fun it's always funny when characters have their realization because you as the reader are watching it like duh duh <laughs> How have you yeah, not seen like, this? Have you not been? Have you not been been paying attention to you this whole time? <laughs> and we we do have a little bit more info dumping. Um, Gofanon knows that Neve isn't um, the Dagda's daughter, and that is why the queen left because Gofanon basically blackmailed her into that. Yeah, because Neve's father is one of like the water demon, water fae. Um, and so biologically, she was like, wait, does dad know? And she's like, I might have like been this, that, the, her mom said, like, but she's like, I'm not a cruel person. No. And like you said, Big G said, look, I'll keep your secret, but you got to get out of here. Yeah, you got to get out of here. Get out of here. So she does. And that's that. And then they're like, oh, the burrow is like a doorway to the beyond realms. Like, watch out for that. Um, but then they also info dump on us the explanation for like what the war is and like what is happening. So like, what is happening is that the survivors of those ships that were set aflame, those survivors are now powerful and coming back to fuck up the Tuaidi 
who set them out there in the first place. They want vengeance, and I don't blame them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they absolutely want vengeance. The Fomori ships. Yeah, that's what it is. The Fomori ships are coming. So the Fomori, so what? Ha- so the end goal is the Fomori and the Tua'adi will destroy each other, and then um, the Skaha through Neve will come through and rule what is left and then conquer through that. But neither one of them realize that they're getting pitted against each other. And that's why, like, Secure and Ronan and, and, and Neve, they're all asking, they're like, wait, does anybody... Does anybody know that this is happening? We we have to nobody realizes it and they're they're hearing it. They're like, this is so much bigger. Yes, so much bigger. Which typically we love like a bigger a bigger story. Yeah, but like this one's weird. Uh there's a good line here. Again, there's a good line. It says like Ronin will die for her, Sakir will kill for her. Um, Secure is the spear. Ronan is the shield. shield. Like I'm all for a thruple. Give it to me. Uh, the queen gives Neve the 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 armor of the Skaha. Uh, I was like, that's a red flag. Maybe don't do that. But you know, who <laughs> listens to me? We have uh, Ruad's dying confession. I appreciated the line. Like it, it's not like to the plot or anything, but I just like the conversation between Neve and Ronan and she's trying to communicate with him. She goes, Ronan, I have to tell you something. I made an oath and I'm going to break that uh, an oath I'm going to break. And he goes, was it to me? And she goes, well, no, but he goes like, then I don't care. Meanwhile, the oath was to kill him. And he doesn't even realize. Yeah. She's like, I, I kind of have to tell you something. He's like, ah, it wasn't my. It was just, mm-hmm. okay. Kissing you was really fun. I get it. Yeah, it's like, mm. <laughs> it is from it is from the queen, right? From the queen, and all this info dumping that the three of them, Secure, Neve, and Ronan, make it back to the palace. We get back to the palace. We. We get the reveal that um, Ymir is Sparrow and that she has poisoned the king, right? She killed Una and eventually she uses the the curse stone to kill herself. Okay, so Sparrow, was her dad already dying or was he poisoned? That's the part where I don't know if Ymir kind of... Helped oh, finish I think he the was job. poisoned. He was like slowly poisoned because he went mm-hmm. from like, "Hey, your dad's not feeling so hot," because till all of a sudden she knew, and that's why Neve said you did it the old-fashioned way because magic doesn't exist, right? Like I just right. didn't. That yeah. was the part where I was like, "Has he been dying this whole time, or was like she a contributing factor to speed up the dying process?" I think it I think it might be both. I think there was something wrong. I think Big G had something to do with it, but I think he also I think um Gulfanon was also in like in on it with her because he's the one that sent her several times to attend the king on his order with her medicines. Okay. That's what I thought, but I didn't know yeah. if it was something that I had created in my head. You know, where you like create things in your head but it's not necessarily on paper. That's what I yeah. didn't know if that was your takeaway, too. Yeah. So uh, the takeaway here uh, in this, like, bedroom scene, um, this is up to, like, page 237, is that the king ends up dying. Uh, he 
It, it, he has like a moment with Neve. It's like kind of sweet. You know, he has last, last words with her. The stones, you know, follow the stones. The stones will guide you, all that stuff. Um, the dogs love Neve still like that. I like that that wasn't like her magic wasn't something to set them off. Very fun. I also like that even in the sweet moments that her dad actually knew that Neve wasn't her bio, his biological kid. And he, like even says he was like ah the devious bastard he played up my pride he told me he told me you weren't my daughter after he like left me for dead but like i'm sorry that i kind of i fucked up um but i he really it reminded me at the end of house of the dragon where he didn't have a lucid moment because he says like oh tell una i love her very sad then he dies then then he he dies. dies but then he dies and we are in the last like last like slide of this book because uh because neve gets all of the the war strategy together she lays it all out for everybody she goes you're going here you're going here you're going here we're doing this we're going to use his strategy against us all of this is coming together we're going to fuck them all up and everyone's like "Mm, okay but cool we'll see how it goes so they all go to the great burrow and the shapeshifter women show up and they're like, we're here to like fucking claim, claim, you know, we're calling due. And he's like, wait, 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 wait. And they're like, nah, we don't trust you. They, and I get it because they're like, wait. And even, and Neve says, like, I'll be right back. I'll be right back. I'll be right back. Like, please don't just do this for me. I know we made a bargain, but hear me out. And they wait for her to leave. And like you said, they said, nope. No, we we've mm-hmm. done this before. We've been down this road. We ain't, we're not trusting anybody for shit. So they kind of run alive. <laughs> well, not yeah. They not there. they do it. Yeah. <laughs> Neve is like going through her own like situation in there, and she gets to the stone, and it's this whole situation, and like you know whatever she touches it, and all all of this stuff. But the pow- the stone does sing for her, and everybody hears it. The the line is something like. Um, having been denied a true king for so long, the, the stone wanted to make sure everybody knew it was singing. It was like, yay, yay, hooray. Uh, and it is through that that the um, the Theoden get their power back and they are able to transform and to shapeshift, which is very fun stuff. Uh, very fun stuff here. I said it earlier and I'm saying it here now. When... Neve confesses to Sakir that she is hearing voices. I did not expect it. I thought she would like go to her grave with that. I was not expecting her to admit all of this. And then and then to elicit the promise of like kill me if you know that it's not me um from her spear cuz she knew that like uh Ronan wouldn't enable wouldn't be able to do that. Uh good stuff. Good, 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 good stuff. We love communication. Very fun. There is a lot more communication in this book between, um, like the three key players of Neve, Ronan, and Secure than I was, than, than I expect out of any type of YA or even regular fan. You, usually someone's kind of gatekeeping some information to themselves and that hasn't happened at all. Really? No, not at all. I do just want to remind everybody that the voices that Neve is hearing is the Skaha queen influencing, manipulating, and driving her to think a certain way, I want to say, and act a certain way uh, 
in certain situations. Well, in a way, it's also because did she or did she not influence the previous king? Because remember, there were conversations of like the male Dagdas, obviously, because all the Dagdas are male, um, being driven mad. So then Neve was wondering, is that her father being driven mad also because he wasn't technically supposed to be part of that line? Uh, yeah, I okay. I, I think that might have been part of it. I am not 100% sure. I will admit that. I I don't know. <laughs> so some of this, some of this I just don't know. And you know what? That is fine. That's fine. Because remember, we don't love that the voices that are manipulating Neve are coming from a queen who is vicious and ruthless and it just it is not it is not the vibe. We have another mention of Swift, our man in the boat, saying that he can bury the king. That we'll circle back to that later. Uh, we overhear some treachery, though. We overhear treachery. We hear Big G and Cormac. Okay, okay. Um, here's another weird instance that didn't sit quite right with me. Uh, Neve is like, yo, Sakir, where the fuck is your uncle? He took all his men. Where is Cormac? And Sakir's like, okay, first of all, they left with him. He didn't take them. They all went together. Okay, first of all. Secondly, secondly, can you blame him? Like, what you treat us like, like we are shit. We are only good for horses and training horse flesh. We have like no real merit. You don't count us as like a standing cavalry. You dismiss us in favor of other warriors. Like, why do we give a shit about you again? Like, like what is in it for us? I appreciate Secure stepping up a little bit and being like, you know what? I'm going to take this opportunity to say fuck you. I like Secure. I like him. I like Secure a lot. I like him better than Ronan. I'll just get like say that r- right out. Um, but uh, Neve says like, okay, yeah, fine. I'll I'll give you the stuff. Give me an ink pot. Give me a pen. I'll give you all the things. Like we will hammer this out when this is over. But like we we got to get going on this. This is a betrayal of like you know big big deal big betrayal here. You know okay. Well, part the betrayal that they overheard is that yes. Gofanon and Cormac are working together because this is where we find out Cormac is still in love with Neve's mother. So Cormac's in this mentality, like, like this Tamlin mentality of like, we need to win her back. We just have to go to war and then she's going to be mine and she's going to know how much I love her. <laughs> and everyone's like, that's, that's not how this, this works. Cormac, sorry. Yeah. And yeah, and everyone though is like, dude, no, yeah, she's like, gonna hate you for this. Like, that's not love, my dear friend. That's selfishness. That is yeah. the line. My guy, my guy, not good, not good. And then they say the curse of the Scythians, it seems, where Tuatha Day women are involved. My note was men be stupid. Yeah, men be stupid, men be men in. <laughs> Men be men in. Men in. <laughs> uh, 
honestly, we're almost at the end of this book. Uh, so the war happens, right? The treachery, the treachery, but the war happens. They're all, so like there's a bunch of people attacking the city of Tamir. And then, uh, you know, Ronan's like, there's a big passionate kiss. It's like, I have something to tell you. So tell me after, <laughs> you know, very good. Um, but everybody's at the burrow. The, the raids are there. The raids come. Um, you know, there's power, there's battle attacking and, you know, the rays are attacking everybody and nobody can fight them really well. Um, but then everyone figures out that GoFanon is actually inside, um, the burrow. He's doing the thing. He's doing the thing. And that's why the race are there. And the rays are going to become the army of the dead that the queen will command when everybody's done fighting. That is the end game and that situation. Um, that's fucked up. Don't love that. Not cool. Not cool. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how I feel about the like poetic full circle situation of, of Neve cutting off Cormac's hand. Cause that is like in the original story when they came over, like the evil, uh, the evil queen cut off her lover's hand so that he couldn't raise it up in like defiance of her. What the fuck is that? Like, that's the okay yes that his hand being cut off feels like the least of the other glaring issues that we have with this book that we haven't even gotten to so um here we are at the end gofanon's trying to like do some magic stuff what we know at this point is gofanon is trying to work with scarhar to bring her back and like kind of take over. So now we have Neve who's like doing her little thing and she sees him, goes to stop him, stops him. And he's like, no, you foiled my plans. Now I'll never stop the Scarhar. At this point, I'm feeling like this is reverse psychology. This is reverse yeah. psychology. He is just trying to make her second guess herself. And you come to find out. So now the Scarhar is, and it's, and we haven't said it in this episode, but multiple times she is, the book says the thing multiple times, queen among the dead. So now that we have Neve, she has her stone. She has her sigil. She's going to, you know, she has Gofanon. She sees Scarhar. She's saying a line because what she wants is her sister back. She wants to bring her sister. She wants necromancy. She wants to bring her sister back from the dead because her, she believes her sister is the true queen. Her sister would never do this, that, the other thing, um, which Emir was saying that her sister was just like basically a shitty person. And, you know, her sister was like, I could never... Um, anyway, so we have this moment where Neve is speaking to her sister's spirit and she goes, you know, Ymir is, wasn't wrong. Like I was kind of shitty and I did try to do these things and I didn't want magic. Like everything she said about me was right. And it was kind of like this huge revelation for Neve because she didn't think of her sister like that. Again, it goes back to her putting her older sister on this pedestal, but she's like, let me tell you what, let me stay here in the underworld, I guess you can say, like, in this story, let me stay here in this afterlife, queen among the dead. I'll keep Scarhar in check. But that being said, and this is where we have some of our glaring issues, it's Una, a white woman, saying, 
I will, I will control this angry conquering queen. And that's where we, where it, it's frustrating and glaring to us how this feels like it perpetuates the conversation of an angry woman of color. And this is, we're making this assumption again, based on the interview that we will share in the show notes and the descriptors of where the conquerors are coming from. It's just wildly uncomfortable. And, yes. and, and after they merge, they say she has like a smoky voice and they are like, like as one together, it's like, I don't like this. This could be a lot of things. It did not have to be this. Um, uh, again, it, like, why what? does a white woman have to have anything to do with control over a woman or anybody? Anybody. Right. And, and it's pinning, and, and we had discussed this before the episode is now on top of it, it's the continued conversation of pitting, pitting women against each other. Even in the afterlife. Even we can't even escape it in the afterlife. And this is, of course, after they have a big battle where she defeats the evil, hungry uh, uh, queen who was in service to the devouring wolf god of her people. Uh, It's so weird. So it's just so weird. I guess, like, I don't even want to say. Because, like, what, the wolf goddess is conquering the devouring wolf god? I, on paper, I guess, I can see. Okay, but that's not what it is. Uh, okay, fine. What? I, I just, I, I feel like that snake eating my tail talking about it. Because I just get angry, and then I try yeah. to, like, what is going on? And then I get angry again. And I don't want it to be like, oh, my gosh. Y'all are just overthinking because I don't feel like that's the case because, no. you know, maybe maybe that maybe we should be maybe we yeah. because I haven't seen that conversation yet. Yeah, I, I'd love I'd love to have a conversation. I'd love to have a conversation with somebody about this because there are books that I might not have even might, it might have gone over my head. I can actually probably confirm that there are books where things topics went over my head and then I've heard somebody else's take and I go, Oh my gosh, like that is my privilege that I didn't even recognize that. So after, after the battle of the wolf god, after Una absorbs the queen, they will rule together. Uh, they come out, they come out of the burrow. This is Ronan and Neve, and you know, everybody is there waiting for them. The wolf, um, the 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 wolf women, her guard, and some of the lords who are very impressed with her. They say we've delivered you a victory, and they're very happy about it. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we love you. You're king, whatever. We respect you. Blah 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 blah. And then, uh, you know, Ronan's like, oh, you know, you better get used to giving your warriors something to do because you have to, you know. You've given them a taste for battle. And Eve is like, well, there's something brewing out there. I can feel it. It knows I did something. You know, and that's supposed to like lead us on into the next book. And then this book is over. Hot damn. Hot damn. This book, um, the hard copy, the soft cover that I have is over. It's a little over 400 pages. Like just, just like 
you know, like on the nose. three or something. Yeah. Yeah. I, I read it a solid 2.5 times. I'm still a little murky on some of the stuff. I wouldn't read this again, and I don't necessarily recommend this is where I'm at. I I mean, obviously, I'm with you there, um, which I I feel bad because in the sense I don't feel bad that we have these criticisms because, again, we go back to if these are glaring for us uh, and, and we are <laughs> we are two white girls, um, we can only imagine how glaring they are to other communities. That being said, um, we appreciate your feedback and like any conversation that you want to have with us on this. I know we've received some comments, uh, some listeners feeling like we've been a little too negative, maybe. And that's not what the intention of this episode was. Um, we obviously appreciate it and we've tried to be a little bit more lighthearted. <laughs> um, but the, this, the conversations that we were having here, it, we'd be remiss if we didn't bring them up because we had to be truthful in this as much as we're grateful for this opportunity to receive an arc. Um, I think it's more important that this conversation actually had to be had because it easily could have been like, look, we don't feel comfortable having this conversation. Um, let's not cover it at all. And it was so much bigger than that. It's so much bigger than that. And again, the way that this was pitched to us, the, the storyline about the queen, the evil queen situation uh, was not involved. And on paper and some of the quotes, some of the feminism, some of the girl bossing, some of the girl power, it's, it's, it's very much in alignment with what we stand for here on Akafe. So I can see on paper where this would align. However, we do our due diligence, and we did, and this is not quite what we want. That being said, thanks for joining us for this episode. Feel free to follow us on Instagram, Akafe Podcast. We're also both on TikTok, Akafe Laura and Akafe Jessica, and we look forward to the next conversation. Thanks for joining, and thanks for your patience with us on this episode. Talk to you all soon. Bye. Bye.